0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Beef Shafe Daily. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about in this episode. All hell broke loose on Wednesday afternoon at guaranteed right field, didn't it? Cardinals, White Sox. Cardinals win the game for nothing. Let's not lose that in all the excitement that took place. Giovanni Gallegos, Joe West, Mike Schilt. We're going to get into all of it on this episode of the podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe button, whether you're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Go ahead and subscribe to the show so you don't miss any further episodes. Because today is going to be a jam-packed one. We will play some of the audio from Mike Schilt. Not all nine minutes. There's about nine minutes from Mike Schilt just on this topic alone and the topic I'm referring to, of course. Giovanni Gallegos, not ejected from the game but was asked, requested, demanded, forced, whatever, told he needed to find a new hat before he was going to pitch in the baseball game in the seventh inning on Wednesday afternoon. And Mike Schilt, as you have probably seen or heard by now, was not too fond of that suggestion or request or demand. He didn't like it. Joe West said after the fact to the pool reporter that Perhaps it's possible that Mike didn't understand what his goal was at the time and just kind of got heated in the moment. But his goal, Joe West says, was to protect the pitcher, get a different hat on him so there there would be no accusations and and maybe turn into a situation where an ejection of the player would have to be considered. This is the way they chose to handle it. And according to what was said, according to what Joe West has shared and What Mike Schilt reiterated after the game, it wasn't something that came from the opposing dugout. It wasn't Tony La Russa related. A lot of people hearkening back to 2006, Kenny Rogers pitching with some goop and John Lester did this as well in the the 2013 World Series. I want to say that was either way, Kenny Rogers in 06 for Detroit La Russa didn't say anything. Jim Leland was the opposing manager. A lot of conversation today I saw about, you know, just kind of an agreement between the two that I, you don't come after my guy and I won't come after your guys who are certainly doing the same thing. But evidently, wasn't La Russa from as far as we know, that had anything to do with this? Because that would have sent this controversy to a nuclear level. That would have, that would have taken the top right off of this thing. Evidently, it was Dan Bellino, the second base umpire, who... As Giovanni Gallegos got ready to enter the game, came in from the bullpen, noticed a spot on his hat, alerted Joe West, and from there they asked him to change hats, said he's going to get a different hat. Took that hat, it's been sent off to Major League Baseball in an envelope, and they're going to take a look at it, I guess, do some science on it. Mike Schilt would tell you that what they'll find is a combination of sunscreen, rosin, Elements that Mike Schultz says they shouldn't be concerned about. This shouldn't have happened today based on Giovanni Gallegos. In Mike Schultz's estimation, when you have other clear-cut examples of deliberate cheating that goes beyond the pale, that goes beyond talking about sunscreen and rosin. I'm going to play an extensive clip from Mike Schultz. Just kind of off the top. I think it's great audio. Uh, Like I said, there's like nine minutes of it. We're going to do maybe about four of kind of his initial opening statement. It's not the entire initial opening statement. And let me give you a little bit of insight into this as well. In the post-game Zoom, we had three players that, three Cardinal players that came and spoke. And Mike Schultz, as is customary, was the last representative of the team to speak on Zoom Wednesday afternoon. Commission Rick Hummel opened up asking a question related to the the hat debacle and Schultz requested would it be possible for us to cover all the topics from the game. Let's talk about the game first, and then I will I will address the the situation and take questions on that. And so he saved it for the end and and once that happened, once it was arriving the moment that he was to speak upon it, you you realize why. He wanted to save it for the end because he had a a soapbox he was ready to get up on and he he had some things he wanted everyone to hear. And he did exactly that, spoke his mind. Mike Schilt, for the most part, has always been a pretty candid guy. You know, he he's a manager just like any other that is going to protect his players and there will be times where you'll hear him say things and you'll know Yeah, this is just a a product of the role. This isn't, you know, you're not getting a whole lot of information out of him here, but you understand it because that's, you know, the manager's got a job to do, and sometimes it'll conflict with with what we'd all like to hear him say. And so he, you know, whether he withholds some things or is is just a little bit more careful with his words, I think would be the best way to phrase it, that happens. In this situation, he was careful with his words. You'll hear him say, I've got to be careful with my words. Because he's expecting the possibility that he would be fined for what he's about to say. Because he goes in on this this concept, this notion that there is rampant cheating going on throughout baseball. With illegal concoctions and substances being used by pitchers deliberately, aggressively, with a lot of forethought into how it can increase their RPMs, spin rate. You get into the analytics of it. This has been a story that has been coming to the forefront throughout baseball, recent months in particular, but really over the past few years, this has been something that's been talked about. And it's starting to gain more attention. And today, Mike Schilt, after inadvertently, you know, an umpire goes after one of his guys, and it's not like he threw him out of the game. And again, I, Mike Schilt later, uh, and, and I don't know if I'll get to playing this, because like I said, he spoke for a long time, and so I don't want this entire podcast to be Mike Schilt, though you might prefer that. But I'll, I'll kind of walk you through and explain some of the things that we don't play. But he, he apologized for or, or at least acknowledged that he, you know, when he was asked how he got thrown out of the game or why he got ejected, he said, I used some inappropriate language, and that's what did it. Okay, owned up to that. I, I don't think that's any a surprise to anybody. We've seen Mike Shield uh, be a fiery guy and, and, and have have a colorful way. At times, and I think Cardinals fans appreciate that because to me it shows passion. And my take on it, it's just words, so kind of is what it is. But he owned up to that and said that that was part of uh, the reason he was ejected. And, and understandably, I think Mike Schilt sees, you know, one of his players being targeted. This is a guy that, if you got to choose bef- between fight or flight, he's going to fight. Mike Schilt is a fighter. He's shown it time and time again. He's going to defend his guys to to the nth degree, and in this situation, he felt like Giovanni Gallegos was being unfairly targeted because of, of all the other stuff going on throughout the game that he doesn't think is getting the right kind of attention, so first, I'm going to play you a, a, a bit of his opening remarks on this topic in particular, and then he took some questions, we might get into some of that, and I'll, I'll give you my thoughts on on the entire situation, so diving right in, here's a, a lengthy clip from Mike Schilt from Wednesday afternoon kind of laying it all bare on his thoughts on capgate I like capgate Wednesday between Cardinals White Sox
1: so why do I take exception with that um, because this is baseball's dirty little secret and it's the wrong time in the wrong arena to expose it because here's here's the and make sure I get my words right because um, I got a decent chance of getting fined, and my wife Michelle, will, you know, gosh darn it, um, it's for the integrity of the game. And, and um, but anyway, um, here's the deal. Um, first of all, Geo wears the same hat all year. Okay, um, hats accrue dirt. Uh, hats accrue substances. You know, like just stuff. You know, we pitched in a day game, um, so. Did Gio have some sunscreen at some point in his career to, to change his um, make sure he doesn't get some kind of melanoma, possibly? Um, you know, does he use rosin to help out, possibly? Is are these things that baseball really wants to crack down on? No, it's not. I know that completely firsthand from the commissioner's office. That is not anything that's going to affect his ability to compete. And it was interesting with my um, buddy, Ernie Moore, our traveling secretary. Um, he goes, man, that really, a new hat didn't really seem to affect Geo's stuff too much. Um, so that part was nice to see. Um, so now let's get to the genesis of this conversation. And this is the part that um, is the. And I, Major League Baseball has got a very, very, very tough position here because there are people that are effectively and not even trying to hide, essentially flipping the bird at the league with how they're cheating in this game with concocted substances. There are players that have been monetized for it. There are players that are obviously doing it, going to their glove. There's clear video of it. You can tell the pitchers that are doing it because they don't want to go to their, their mouth which Geo does off the rubber, and understandably, and I know comfortably, Major League Baseball is is trying their best to do it in a manner that doesn't create any black eye for the integrity of the game that we love. But speaking of integrity, how about the integrity of the guys that are doing it clean? How about the guys that are pitching their tails off in Major League Baseball and doing it clean that have an unfair competitive advantage for the guys that are clearly loading up with concoctions that they actually advertise don't do anything to hide, even in plain view. That's the guys I'm speaking for. I'm speaking up for the hitters that have a living to make facing stuff that's already really, really good. And you can see, based on spin rates, how guys' careers are jumping off the charts and then you can do cause and effect. Now, I don't wanna be, look, is our house 100% clean? I certainly hope so. Am I creating more of an opportunity? Because I just spoke to our pitchers. Am I creating more of a, uh, uh, I mean, awareness to our group? Potentially, but let's go check the guys that are sitting there going their glove every day with filthy stuff coming out, not some guy before he's even stepped on the mound with a spot on his hat. That's how you want to start policing this. And unfortunately, that's how this is going to start. Now, maybe this is a crescendo for things to come, but can I tell you 100% that all our guys are 100% clean with nothing, you know, other than some sunscreen and some rosin, which the hitters don't mind, by the way, because they want the grip, which is why we don't want the guys getting, you know, hitting various spots with, with big arms hitters don't mind the grip. They don't want the stuff that's making the ball do wiffle ball stuff. And that's the issue at hand here. So, you want to police some sunscreen and rosin? Go ahead. Get every single person in this league. Hit by pitches will just continue to go up. Balls will get away. But why don't you start with the guys that are cheating with some stuff that are really Im- impacting the game and impacting how people play this game. And that's the, that's the integrity of the game I'll speak up for. Popular, I really don't care. It's accurate.
0: So, there you have it, folks. About four minutes from Cardinals manager Mike Schilt making his qualms clear with the way baseball and again he you'll hear him reiterate that he understands baseball's got a tough job to do but at the same time it seems like he's a little bit fed up especially after you know on a day where his guy was targeted for doing something that everybody's doing I mean you heard him say it you want to come after sunscreen and rosin okay but you're going to be getting every every guy in the league you know he said at one point, Adam Wainwright's head is dirty. Okay, what of it? That's not to say Adam Wainwright's cheating too. It's to say our our guys, you heard him say, I don't know 100%, but I'd like to think our guys are doing are doing things within the rules, but really this is a murky area for the rules, right? So sunscreen rosin. All right, if that's where we're starting this, let's let's have the conversation, is what Mike Schilt's saying. If this is where we're going with it, let's have the, the bigger conversation because – I don't want to stand idly by and have my guys targeted. When you can look into other dugouts, and you can see things that are that aren't right, if you if you just want to look. So, and and this will be a good time too. I'm paraphrasing some of what he said. I'm going to play another element of this where he said where he laid it at the feet with some of this more targeted criticism. Not that that wasn't targeted enough, but I want to kind of lay some of the important stuff out there before I react to to all of it. So here's another clip from Mike Schill articulating his viewpoint on on why this was the wrong place, wrong time for this conversation to be opened up to a new audience. I mean that the public already knew about it, but to, to really be shining more of a light on it. Why this wasn't the right time for that, but but it's happening anyway. I also decided after listening once again while I'm putting together this podcast, I'm just gonna play to you some of the questions that were asked as well. Some of the stuff I've already alluded to, some of it'll be new but you're going to hear it's about another minute or two of this clip where it just gives a real good feel for where Mike Schilt was coming from. And there's a little bit of comedy in there, too, because I I will play the part about him talking about the inappropriate language and how he got sidetracked. The commission Rick Hummel, you'll hear at the beginning of this kicking things off with a question. Uh, it's good stuff, so I'm just going to play that for you. So give it a listen. We'll continue to break things down here on B-Shape Daily.
1: Yeah, did when you took your hat off. What got you kicked out? Did you offer your hat to when you took your hat off? Is that what did it? Yeah. I, I think I said some inappropriate um, language that did that. I was going to give my hat to Gio, but I don't. I didn't get that far. Okay, you were, you were done before that. Yeah, I, and then I got sidetracked, but I was going to switch hats with him, but I didn't get that far. What did Joe say to you? Yeah. Look, just, Joe, and, and understand this, Joe, do I agree with the timing of it? Do I agree that it looked like something that didn't taste real good or feel real good or felt, um, felt like a setup, to be honest with you? Um, and, 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 again, it just came out of nowhere. Um, you know, to a guy that does go through his fingers that's been filthy and was filthy after it, you know, check his spin rates on his stuff, six-pitch eighth, uh, maybe not enough data. Um, but do I blame him for, for upholding something that – they have a responsibility to do. I don't blame them at all. Now let's do it around the whole league when guys are going their gloves. Now let's really do it. You know, that's what I'm saying. It's not. It wasn't the right time, in my opinion, for that to happen. But now you've opened it up. So let's go. Let's get some people. Let's, we got these guys going around locker rooms. Really? I don't. What are they doing? You know, we're in the end of May. You want to talk about sample size, collecting data, collecting video? Well, you know, let's see it.
0: So what you hear there at the end, Mike Schilt talking about the fact that, you know, Major League Baseball has made it a priority. They've got guys checking for baseballs. They're checking equipment. Trevor Bauer has had baseballs taken out of play. Nothing really has come of it. And I think that's part of what Mike Schilt's saying. That's the the problem. It's baseball's dirty little secret. He understands their position to try and handle this behind closed doors without it becoming a big public charade in a circus where where fans are now injecting their opinions about it and who's cheating and who's not and, you know, guys getting suspended possibly. I mean, these things could could be down the pipe certainly if, if baseball is going to look deeper into this and, and take action on it. Or is it one of those things where, you know, they're trying to quietly handle some of this, maintain the integrity reputation of the game, the, the perception of integrity, when in reality, Mike Schultz says today, hey, the integrity of the game matters, and right now there's not a lot of integrity going on when it comes to this topic, and so he kind of threw the gauntlet down and wants something to be done. Now, breaking down some of my opinion on some of this, running through some of it. Early on, when he talks about Giovanni Gallegos, explaining very early in his clip, talking about sunscreen, is it possible that at some point in his career, to prevent melanoma, that he's used sunscreen, sure. Rosin, yeah, that's possible. Absolutely. You know, I think the way he kind of phrases that, and I'm not suggesting it's anything other than that for Giovanni Gallegos, but, you know, the melanoma thing, I think, again, Mike Schultz got to be careful with what he says here, and so some of that is, which is not to minimize skin cancer, wear your sunscreen, but uh, certainly, you know, there's there's residue that ends up on the hat. Helps pitchers, but the, the point to me is, and I don't know if I, with all the clips that I'm throwing around here in this episode, there was a point at which Mike Schilt talks about the grip on the baseball, and batters aren't concerned with this. They're not worried about pitchers being able to grip the ball. They're cool with that. You know, what they're not okay with is the stuff giving it wiffle ball-like action. I think we heard that a little earlier in the podcast. And so, sunscreen, rosin, Well, he says it doesn't impact his ability to compete, you know, my opinion, there's a benefit to it. But again, he's got to be careful with this because he's being very public about talking about his guy and what he's using. And if, you know, if if others, I mean, everybody in baseball knows that this is what pitchers do. But because it is that dirty little secret status, you know, you don't want to kind of throw your guy under the bus. So I think Mike Schilt a little bit went out of his way to make sure, you know, be overly protective to say, you know, he's worried about about melanoma, and so he's using sunscreen, which you're out in the sun all day playing baseball, sure. You should be probably wearing sunscreen because that could catch up with you over the course of a career. But that also bakes into the ability to grip the baseball. That's why they have the rosin ability to grip the baseball. Totally, you know, they, they put the rosin bag on the mound for a reason. So that part of it. That's just kind of what I think about that. But to the bigger point of it all, I think what Mike Schild is saying, I think there's a lot of – there's validity to a lot of what he's saying and wanting Major League Baseball to be able to step up and do some of these things. It's been pointed out on Twitter by several people. Cardinals are about to see Trevor Bauer coming up when they face the Dodgers in Los Angeles. That's going to be next week. And so maybe getting out in front of this a little bit. Having a little bit more of a uh, of a of a lens on that guy than there already is. Again, I mentioned he's one of the guys who has had baseballs removed from what we you know reports have suggested. But then again, how many times is that happening where we really don't ever find out about it because it's a less high profile name or whatever? But Trevor Bauer certainly is a, is a name that gets a lot of attention. Cardinals are going to face him, and so. Maybe Mike Schult wants a little extra attention on that. I don't think it's as strategic as that. I think it's the fact that Giovanni Gallegos, it happened to him today, and Mike Schult stepped back and said, "Okay, hold hold on, just a damn minute. If we're really doing this, that's fine. But I'm I'm gonna say my piece about it and bring it all out to the forefront." Here's where I think I and I understand. I'll explain why I understand Mike Schultz has gone this direction, and in concert with explaining why I think you know I disagree with it a little bit and and see that there would have been room for him to have made the kind of impact that he's asking to happen across baseball as a manager you can you can do that right you can say you know I want I I want you to check out this guy this hat this whatever Craig Kimball the other night his you know the spot on his hat was much more egregious than what you've seen with Giovanni Gagos don't remember if that was a night game day game whatever but Craig Kimbrell definitely had some action going on the hat. And, again, is it probably the same stuff as Gallegos? I wouldn't be surprised. We we think it's rosin and sunscreen. Okay, that's great. But if, you know, Mike Schultz had a problem with that, and here's where I say, I, I said, you know, I pointed out the part where he could have done something about it, but here's where I backtrack and say I understand why he didn't. Just a few days later, his own guy is getting a hat removed from a game. Because of something similar. And so I feel like everybody across baseball might feel as though they can't speak up. You don't want to target the other dugout or bring up something that you think is an unfair competitive advantage. Because they're liable to turn around and do it right back to you. And so the way Mike Schilt was kind of able to clear the air almost, I could say in this way, now has clearly attention on this issue across baseball on a different level than it was. Will Mike Schilt end up being a one-man band and and this is kind of the end of it and, and we go back to the status quo or will it be a situation where people say, all right, you know, right, we're going to come up with a way to to bring these up and, and if, if stuff gets brought up and it starts to happen more frequently, we can make a decision about what we care about and what we don't care about. But Mike Schilt says, this is hypocrisy if we're going to look at this guy for this and not talk about the other stuff. But now it is the onus is kind of on Mike Schilt. If he sees some of the other stuff and he can prove it, you got to, I mean, I again, I know it's it's tough to be the first in, in, in an industry where all 30 teams are doing the same stuff. And you, he talked about several times in the clip, do I know 100% that my house is clean? Because you can imagine it's going through his mind, right? As he's going out and stepping on this limb that he knows is going to be national news across the game, you know the very next question from people is going to be, well, what about his guys? If his guys, it, you know, this is an example brought up because one of his guys was potentially doing something illegal. You know, he says it wasn't, but it's, you know, it's bold to come out and say, hey, yeah, I know that this, this conversation is only taking place because of something that happened with one of my guys, but here's the real problem you should be looking at. And at that point, you just got to know that none of your guys are part of that real problem. It is as a manager, he says, you know, he said, I talked to the players just now. It was a conversation that I'm sure happened after this game, with his pitchers, it's like, hey, y'all better, you guys better watch it. If, if there's something that I need to know about, I need to find out about it, and then we need to stop doing it because I'm about to go out on a limb here. I mean, this was all planned, pre-planned by Mike Schilt, that at the end of this press conference on Zoom, he was going to lay into this topic, and he absolutely did with all his vigor. And so he said he talked to his players. And, and the guys have got to be on the same page because once that happens, and again, he alluded to this, and I think you heard it in one of the clips. Did I just paint a bigger target on my on my guys? Probably so. So people are going to be looking. But if you're Mike Schilt, and that's the way it is, all right, find out. Make sure you know your guys are, are sunscreen rosin, and that's it. And, and you can be confident that that'll be proven over the course of time, even if you can ha- have a hat thrown out of the game every day. Mike Schilt said, I guess we'll just need to get some more hats. You know, but be sure of that, and then start – if you've got all this, you know, I don't know how it's documented. I don't know how they know what they know. I'm sure every team knows who the guys are that are doing it. Word gets around. All right? It's probably an open secret within baseball about a lot of these guys. He says, look, you can check the data, the spin rates on it, that, you know, cause and effect. Let's figure this out. But if that's what you're seeing, I think now comes the next step, the logical next step in the in the equation some of that stuff's gonna have to start getting called out by somebody. Otherwise it's 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 a lot of talk and the same problem, the status quo, kind of you revert back to it and and everybody's kind of afraid to step out. Why Joe West, Dan Bellino, why they decided to step out today? you know, was there a memo recently? Like Mike Schultz said yesterday he spoke with the commissioner's office, I believe, on this very topic. And so it's clearly something that was has been of of increased emphasis as the season has gone along, but Mike Schilt's saying, "All right, now that we've 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 kind of done the data collection, it's been two months. Is there going to be anything that comes of it, and and what's the next step for enforcing some of this?" So really interesting stuff. I I, I could talk about it for an hour. I've already gone 27 minutes, including some of the clips that I've played from Mike Schilt. I do want to though before I get out of here get into the actual merit of the game, the content itself because this was a game that the Cardinals won and you look on paper at the lineup they put out and getaway day trying to avoid the sweep, but you know, you got Max Moroff at third you've got Arenado in the game, but DHing, Moroff made a, a mistake, missed a tag, had a situation nearly led to a run ultimately didn't, but the, you know when you've got DH out there, I understand wanting to get Goldsmith a day and, and Arnauto a day out of the field, as is, has been the case the last couple of days, strategically doing that in the American League ballpark. But, man, it has kind of almost come back to bite the Cardinals when, when they've had that rough defense. But then again, Arnauto's defense was rough yesterday, too. So maybe a day today was was what he needed to get back on track and, and, and be fresh for the field the next time he takes it. I don't know. But, man, the bottom of this Cardinals order was... Bad. Really, really bad. Lane Thomas, it's not going well. Max Moroff, four strikeouts. I'm not sure that's gonna work. I don't know that you can keep starting him very frequently. And again, you're doing it in the American League Ballpark because you've got the DH and so you're trying to get get a little creative. Where's John Nagowski though? I just gotta know. I gotta stop listing him as a first baseman slash outfielder when you send out a press release. You know, John Nagalski's been activated, whatever, active roster or what, back when he went on the injured list initially. Like, if this guy, if you're not going to put this guy in the outfield, if they're, I mean, if, if they if they're ever going to do it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen soon. And if they're not, I don't know what he's doing here. And I, I don't mean that from a perspective of Nagalski shouldn't be here. Give him a chance. I mean, you gave Edmundo Sosa a chance. Look what he's doing. Dude is playing like he he has no intention of leaving the lineup. Whether Paul De Young or Derek Jeter comes back, it doesn't matter. This guy wants to be in there, and, and right now he has to be. I don't care if Paul De Young is activated tomorrow, Edmundo Sosa is in that lineup as well. And maybe that helps solve your problem because if Max Moroff is not getting it done, he doesn't he doesn't draw any more infield starts. You start Sosa or DeYoung at second. I don't care which one you which one you do. I think De Young defensively finds shortstop. Sosa might be better. So Maybe now's the time you, you, you see what it looks like for Paul DeYoung at second base because there could come a point in time where down the road you want him to, to field that position on an everyday basis. You never know. You did let your gold glover walk out the door. Edmund does a fine job, but he's needed elsewhere right now. They don't have it in the outfield. Justin Williams makes a big play, big throw to get the out at the plate in one of the occasions that John Gant was able to escape bases loaded. During the game, I heard this this statistic over the radio. Batters against John Gantt with the bases loaded this year are 0 for 8 this season. As Ricky Horton said, that means two things. It means you're making good pitches in tough spots, but also you're loading the bases a lot. <laughs> and that has been exactly John Gantt's MO this season. And I'll be damned, however he's doing it, he is doing it. And it's the same question every game. After every game, asking Mike Schilt, asking John Gantt, Hey, how the hell are you doing that? They don't ask it that way, but how is it that he's able to continue to pitch himself into some, some danger and get out of it? Mike Schilt kind of speculated that, you know, he does have history as a reliever. And when you come into relief situations, that's just a trait that inherently would be nice to have out of that spot. So maybe that's just something he's, he's picked up and carried over from his days as a, a lockdown relief man, which he had been throughout his career. But just another classic John Gann outing, five innings, gives up five hits, gives up three walks, no runs. 1.81 ERA on the season. That's ridiculous. For your number five starter, you take that literally every time. Carlos Rodon on the other side, pitching like Cy Young, six innings, one run, ten strikeouts, his ERA at 1.29. and I guess it actually went up because he only went six with one run. That's a pace of 1.5 for an ERA. So, this guy was, I mean, it's just a classic, a a guy who looks like a number one out there, goes up against the Cardinals' number five. It's been the case every time this year. There has not been a game where John Gant has not kept the Cardinals in it and given them a chance to win, and then some. You know, three runs is the most he's given up, I think he's only done that once or twice. Usually it's two or one, or in this case, zero. However he does it, who cares? As long as he's doing it. It just continuing and he improves to four and three on the season. You will you're super glad to have this guy in this role who wanted this role who fought to be in this role. You have Miles My, Michaelis who you know unable to kind of get things going. And I don't think anybody even asked about Miles Michaelis injury after the game. I'll have to send some texts and see because if I miss that with Mike Schilt because they were supposed to have. An update. He met with Doc, Dr. James Andrews. I don't know if that's even been out yet. By the time that you listen to this podcast, I'm sure it'll be common knowledge. But that wasn't reported today, and we we probably missed an opportunity there. But yeah, you know, John Gant, the job he's done, tremendous, and he'll he'll stick right there in that rotation as the uh, things move forward here. If he if he keeps pitching around danger, Cowboy John Gant, just getting the job done. Why did they win the game though? The reason was Tommy Edmond because, as I mentioned with Rodon, gave up a homer. That homer comes off the bat of Edmond, who mentioned after the game that he had a conversation with Goldschmidt in the dugout the previous inning about the fact that they're kind of lacking a little bit of intensity offensively. Some of what they had earlier in the season, you remember Aronado with some key moments. Lineup just had, had a knack for winning those kinds of games. Goldsmith, Aronado, or pardon me, Goldschmidt and Edmond talking about it in the dugout, and kind of acknowledging that fact. And then Edmund goes out and hits the homer. Says Goldie came up to him afterwards. Gave him a high five and said, you know, that's one way to get the intensity going. Put the team on his back. And what he did was he put the getaway day lineup on his back. I mentioned it. The bottom of the order. Thomas, Williams, Moroff. Those guys combined 0 for 12. Nine strikeouts. And seven left on base. None of those guys can be regulars in the lineup if this is going to be a team that goes anywhere. Not the way they're playing. If, if if they're going to improve upon that, great. But I don't know how long of a leash you give any of them. Lars Knutbar, come on down. John Nagowski, he's already here. I think. I think he's on the roster. It's what the team website shows. Put him in the outfield. Give him a start. It's the worst thing that can happen. You know, they had guys kicking the ball around the field yesterday anyway. Nagowski might be a bat. You know, Edmundo Sosa, you batted him fifth today, and he ended up with a couple of RBIs on a on uh, ninth-inning hit once the, the offense kind of came around against the bullpen. He's OPSing 1,000. John Nagowski, he's here because of his bat, so maybe he's a guy that if you give him a few chances, you might find that he could actually hold down a middle of the order spot in the order for a little bit. You know, it's not going to probably be sustainable. O- only every so often do guys come out of nowhere and turn out to be superstars. You're mean Mercedes did it for the White Sox, although 0-4 today, 10 left on base for Mercedes. Not his best day at the plate. Something that Andrew Kisner mentioned after the game. And speaking of Andrew Kisner, he started the game for Yachty. Yachty getting the break. A couple of walks for Kisner. Uh, offensively, you know, he's he's down with the rest of them batting below 200 OPS in the Matt Carpenter range. But when Andrew Kisner catches, the Cardinals win. I believe they're like 13-3, I saw, with him catching this season. In day games in particular, the Cardinals have been spectacular. Heard it before the game. Five shutouts, and today they shut them out again. Six shutouts for the Cardinals in day games this season. Several of which have been caught by Andrew Kisner. Doing a really nice job back there. But Tommy Edmond with the home run, and then what does he do later in the game? Gets another in the eighth. Two home runs for Edmund. Talked about it recently. Get that OPS up. Well, that'll help a little bit. 7.23, I believe he was down in the 6.90 range before the game. Now he's batting 275. Asked for a little bit of power from the guy and, and certainly got it. He's got four home runs now on the season. You take 12 home runs from Edmund, that would be about the pace. We're not quite to a third of the way through the season, but it'll happen just around the corner. 49 games the Cardinals have played, so five more games. you would be officially at the one-third mark. But Tommy had been a really big game, putting the lineup on his back. Once again, Carlos Rodon has had a hell of a season. ERA 1.29 after this game, as I mentioned. Cardinals are going to face tough pitching. You understand that, but you, you sure would like to see them be able to, to scratch off some, some more competitive innings, get some rallies going against some of those guys. Easier said than done, though. You know what? Your, your guy didn't allow any runs, and you know they could be saying on the other side, well, who's, who's John Gant? Why did we let him do that to us? Well, Carlos Rodon got you today, but he didn't get Tommy Edmond, and so Cardinals are able to win. Scratching across these kinds of wins is key because they were on that three-game losing streak against the Chicago teams. We're able to bring it back with this one. I've talked a lot about the game. I've talked even more about Hatgate, Capgate. I want to know what you think of it all. Send me a voicemail. listener voicemail, anchor.fm, slash bshafer12, slash message. I would love for somebody to let me know what they think. Sound off. I'll play it. I'm sure we'll be talking about this topic for the days to come even though we went in on it pretty hard today and this is one of our longer episodes. Hope you guys have been able to stick with it. Hope you appreciate the content. I love bringing it to y'all. I love it when I see people comment on Twitter, hey, loving the show. Give it a review on Apple Podcasts. I want to see that review number go up. There's only kind of a a dozen or two reviews. Give it some more reviews. I would love to, to hear what you guys think and tell me what I'm doing good, doing well. I'm not doing the English language good. I know that. I could backspace and cut that out, but I'm not going to do that. Sometimes my embarrassment needs to stand. Tell me what I'm doing well. Tell me what I'm not doing well. Tell me what you'd like to hear more of. I would love to make this a show about the listeners as well as Cardinals baseball. Appreciate you guys, as always, for listening. And we will talk to you on B-Shape Daily next time, which will probably be Thursday. Cardinals now head to Arizona to take on the Diamondbacks. So we'll keep the shows rolling. It won't be a full weekend over Memorial Day weekend. I've got some plans. And during the road games, that's kind of the best times to be able to do some things and have some fun. So I will try to get some podcasts in before that. But otherwise, you you might miss me a little bit over the weekend. But y'all should be out barbecuing and and stuff anyway over Memorial Day. Appreciate you guys with this one. And we'll talk to you next time on b Shake Daily.